Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. You ready to talk about the pokey little puppy? I, I know you are because you're the one that, put, <laughs> that brought this into my life. So you, you better be. I injected uh, it into your life. That's right. You just like pure adrenaline, just, just despite what the title may suggest. Uh, I w- I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous about talking about this one just because it always seems a little lame when we complain about books that if we don't like the plot because the the obvious rebuttal is well i mean it, it says on there for children five to eight and you're like a middle-aged man so, so. but um also there's a noticeable absence of uh children's book authorships on our uh cvs right so. that's no yeah <laughs> why don't you make a children's book yourself before you start criticizing but you know what so i was hesitant to do that uh with a pokey little puppy and then I did a little digging, which is in keeping with the theme of the book. And the pup, as of the, the the turn of the century, the Pokey Little Puppy is pretty much the best-selling children's book, full stop. What? Now, there's there's all obviously different metrics, like the Little Prince has sold more, and so how, how do you count? But and so it, when I first saw that, I thought, oh, that's obviously why you don't just do, you know poke around on Wikipedia and think that you you know what the answers are, but it's on a lot of lists. Now, once again, I'm not sure what the, what the metrics are, but as of 2001, it had sold 15 million copies. Wait, it, the pokey little the, puppy? The pokey it, little puppy. So it was part of, so I've, uh, how can this be? It was part of the, it's a little golden book. Right. And it was, not only is it a little golden book, but it was one of the uh, I'd say it's a big golden book. Based right, on those at, this, at this point, yes. Uh, it, it was one of the original 12. It was number eight of the original 12 mm. that were released in uh, 19, the, the 1940s. And so I don't feel like I'm punching down. I feel like uh, Jeanette Lowry is like, may, may she rest in peace, is, is doing fine. Like, so like, <laughs> nothing that, there's nothing that we are going to do. That can that can that is gonna set the pokey little puppy back. It's it's already pretty well established, so it has, it has nothing to do. It's Cooper's down already. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we let's. Um, that is really. I had no idea about that actually. I, I mean, if people haven't realized yet, I, I'm the one who just totally shoots from the hip on my opinions about children's <laughs> books, and you you actually do at least ten to fifteen minutes of research uh, <laughs> per yeah, well, book. Um, yeah, so let's um, because I think we're both going to um, take aim squarely at the plot of this book. Maybe maybe I'll run through it as quickly as I can um, and give people an idea if they're not familiar with the Pokey Little Puppy. Which um, I think maybe more people may be familiar than I had originally. Maybe <laughs> had, had you did, did, was this part of your childhood? Did you re- read this growing up? I I must have because I know we had a lot of the golden books around, and I I I don't remember the the plot so much as the the visuals are very 
striking to me and I remember them and just like I do a lot of the the little golden books so I'm sure it was me. I don't know if I ever read there. it people always called me a pokey little puppy and I just thought that was <laughs> an expression but but rather than, rather than the, the a reference to the book and now that I am more familiar with it I'm Mild, mildly, retroactively <laughs> offended, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, you can just dive in there. What's what happens? So the first line is: Five little puppies dug a hole under the fence and went for a walk in the wide, wide world, uh, which is kind of a nice little uh, turn of phrase there. Um, so the gist is: These puppies leave. Um, they dig under the fence and they go exploring. And what happens is, each time they go exploring, four of the puppies realize that the fifth puppy is not with them and is off exploring on his own. And the first time he's He's sniffing around and he finds um, what's the first one? He finds a strawberry. Um, no, that, that, that's later on. And no. we'll, we'll don't where we'll get to the strawberry. The first time, oh right, he, he he's he sniffs. He smells rice pudding. That's right. Um, and then he so they all run home, um, but the mom, the their mother was greatly displeased. Is, right. uh, she finds out, and so the 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 four puppies get sent to bed without their um, supper or dessert. But the pokey little puppy, who's pokey, comes home late. Um, and ends up getting to eat the rice pudding. Right. right? Am, I, am I right there? Okay. And, That's right. Yeah. And then there's sort of two more iterations of this where the next morning there's a sign out um, by the fence that says, don't ever dig on holes under this fence again. But uh, the puppies don't listen. They all dig under anyway and go exploring. Presumably the sign is written by the mother. Is that is that what we're thinking? Okay. Or, or? We got to talk about this. Okay, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, Hold that right. thought. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big tensions in the book is who's writing all the notes. Um, so it happens again. The four little puppies realize that the fifth puppy is not there. Um, and so they look around and the pokey little puppy says, here's something. Um, and they hear chocolate custard boiling, right? And so that's the same thing spoons, They're spoons. They hear spoons. Well, we're going to get an all, we're going to really, we're going to do a deep dive. Yeah. They, <laughs> right. Someone's spooning <laughs> it into our bowls. That's what they hear, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so they all run home. Same thing happens. The, the, the four prompt ones get there early and get sent to bed without any pudding. But the pokey little puppy arrives late and ends up getting all <laughs> the, the pudding to himself. Right. And then the next morning, there's another sign that says, don't ever, ever, in big font, <laughs> dig right. holes under this fence. And they do it again. All of them leave, dig under the hole, dig a hole under the fence. And same thing happens. The four notice that the fifth uh, pokey little puppy is not with them. And turns out he is sniffing some. He's found a strawberry and he's sniffing something. Um, and then they all realize they smell strawberry shortcake. And so they all um, go, did you want to interject there? Yeah, well, I'm just going to say, he, so here, this is one of the, the first things that bother me is that they see a strawberry, and they, they just see it, and then they, and then they shout strawberry shortcake. shortcake. So they don't, so if they just, because they see a strawberry, they assume that there's like, well, if there's, a, if there's strawberries in the world, I'm sure right about this now time, right about this time, our mother is finishing up some strawberry shortcake, which is not uh, like a, should not be a good, like causal, (laughs) but they're right. They're right. She is, she is making strawberry shortcake. Anyway, go, 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 go on. Sometimes correlation does equal causation. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So this time though, when they all get home, uh, the, the four little puppies get home first, the mother reprimands them, but then they, they atone for their ways and they go and fill in the hole. And the mother realizes this and says, what good little puppies and allows them to come in and have some strawberry shortcake. But the pokey little puppy on the the third time uh, squeezes through a place in the fence and the mother catches him and says, 
what a pity you're so pokey. Now the strawberry shortcake is all gone. So right. the pokey little puppy had to go to bed with a single bite, without a single bite of shortcake, and he felt very sorry for himself. And then the final page, which I think is important, we want to set this up here. The text reads, and the next morning someone had put up a sign that read, and then you see the image is the backside of the pokey little puppy looking up at a sign that says, no desserts ever unless puppies never dig holes under this fence again, exclamation right. point. And that and is the end of the yeah, little fiend, yeah. <laughs> All right. Th- this is one of the most just baffling, bamboozling children's books I've come across yet, at least in terms of like the plotting and messaging. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, not, not, to get, not even necessarily that it's poorly done, but just what is, what is going on? Like with, like, it, it seems it has a real classic setup three like, that are in a lot of children's books. The, yep. Like the three iterations of something, and usually it's and that happens, and oftentimes the, the last one does so, and you learn some kind of lesson. But what is the lesson you are supposed to draw from this? Like eventually, if like at, at first it seems to be that if you're being sort of lazy and or disobedient, it may work out initially, but then it stops. You know, then then eventually there's some kind of comeuppance, and that's kind of the case, but. Because the, at the in the very end, you've got the pokey little puppy feeling sorry for himself because he didn't get strawberry shortcake. But he, the, the pokey little puppy is still coming out ahead. Like he got to eat two nights at, at, in a row and his four prompter brethren, siblings, they they, they, they were the ones that, that didn't have anything. And what's well, more, and pres- it, presumably oh, he God. had more. Like he had a totally. larger portion. Yeah, that's right. Now so. You got all of it. Right. <laughs> on, the, on those first two times. He's way ahead, right? Right. Yeah. Like, so dramatically so. So. That, he's about he's batting like six sixty six. He's killing it. If that if that pattern repeated, right, he'd be way ahead. Right. So what? Yeah. So what's going? On? And then it's it's deliberately a moralistic story. Like it's not right. even trying to hide that this is a story with a moral. Right. Right. That it's, I think. I maybe think. or is it this like kind of weird <laughs> subversive like you you know it, things may go your way for a while but they're not always going to work out but. Well, is that it, I mean, that's sort of my is, what what is, what is happening, and then I mean, and, and, and yeah. then of course also like so it also has these like it, it's a very common thing, and and you when you have repetition, some things are different. So and you engage the different senses. So the first time they smell the the rice pudding, and then the so you you have smell, and then the next time there's a different sense that they that something is going on, and they they hear which. Hearing the spoons and knowing that it's chocolate pudding, that seems a little <laughs> bit of a stretch, but okay, a little bit of license there. And then when it comes to the, the, the pokey little puppy uses sight to see the strawberry and then intuits that there's <laughs> strawberry short, not, not just like, oh, strawberries, our mom often makes strawberry shortcake, you know, so anyway, but, 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 but once again, the, the pokey little puppy is right. It is worth noting that however pokey the puppy is. He is the most observant of the puppies. He's the one that, that yes. sees that he's it's he's the one that that smells and hears and so even if he's sort of distracted, he's the one that maybe alerts everybody to to what's going on. And then does he hang back deliberately? Do you think because he's the one mm. that notices instead of like rushing off? Is he crafty? Is he the crafty little puppy? 
I mean, that is absolutely how I read the last page where he, you see, you see him looking at this third sign that's very uh, kind of authoritarian, no desserts ever, unless puppies never dig holes under this fence again. And you can't see his facial expression, but you know, I just really imagine he's got a really big, like F you grin on his face right. and he's just conniving about how he's, he's going to dig a new, well, you know, it's, it's also, like, a, it's like the greatest why, but he why he's dig the queen. Holes, if you could just squeeze <laughs> through the fence. <laughs> I hadn't even like, considered that the physics about, of that. Yeah. Like it's like you can walk, you can just walk through the fence all along. So it's like, what's the what's the big the big option? I guess it, it takes a little bit longer, and so if you're like rushing back, you. But I mean, it's not it's not, it's not like they really secured the area. I mean, like I mean, he was able to squeeze through the fence, even though for the last two nights he's had all of his siblings' helpings of rice pudding and or you know you know rice pudding and and, and chocolate. What what chocolate? What's the chocolate? Oh, he's had all the desserts. He's had all the desserts for several days in a row. He can't fit through, and he and he can fit through rather. And so, yeah, the, the, it's like they, like it's like they they fill up the hole, but then he had to walk through the open gates. <laughs> so was he really? Yeah, I okay. So in and addition, also, and also, what's going on? Did the mom not? notice that there were only four puppies was she like oh no now we've <laughs> we've we filled in the hole and now i've got a, a puppy because if the whole point is like it's dangerous out there we don't want puppies wandering around so we just got to make sure that that's in place to keep them out but it's like we're missing a fifth a, a fifth of my my brood Litter. yeah he's out there not only is he out there but he's he now the, the way home has been barred so he can't even get back in like, good thing I've got these, like, nice, hardworking puppies in here that I can reward with some strawberry shortcake. <laughs> it's very vindictive, yeah? Yeah. What, so, <clears throat> okay, let, let's let's take a step back a second. So, in addition to it being sort of a, uh, potentially anyway, kind of a clumsy, overly moralistic um, <laughs> sort of tale, it's not even done that well, right? Because there's so many inconsistencies as to what what is the moral exactly is it a, the title would suggest that it's 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 about uh promptness right that right. that's the real fault of the pokey little puppy is that he's too he's sort of daydreamy and doesn't keep track of time and is not very diligent and that's the lesson is to write right like be but then it's also about or, or, or that it's that way i mean there can be so the title usually it, it can be a couple different things either that's he has he has something that sets him apart from the other puppies, and that is either his flaws, like so, like the lazy grasshopper. That's an example. He's right. not hardworking like the ant, or it can be something that turns out secretly to work in his favor. So, like an ugly duckling type thing, where the duckling seemed ugly, but that was actually just because the duckling was a swan all, all along, and so had this greater potential, or was able to you know use this supposed defect, or it germinated into something. And so it's you would think that either the the but either way, it's the, the, the it's the pokiness of the puppy <laughs> that that is gonna that is gonna is the is the important thing to focus on. But you could also interpret pokiness. I think generally pokey refers to like slow or sort of yeah. you know. But pokey could also be, um, and I don't know if this is how the language was used in the forties. But I think of pokey as kind of like sticking Curious. your nose into yeah, yeah exactly curiosity, right? Because that's the other reading of the moral of the story is like curiosity killed the cat. Right. right. Like he was so kind of just sort of absentmindedly curious about all sorts of things that he, um, you know, he got home late and, and he was so curious that it caused him to, to break the rules and, and go out more. And, um, but what, a, uh, I mean, I guess that's a re uh, maybe our kind of culture 
overvalues curiosity compared to previous sort of generations. Right. And maybe we take it as an maybe assumption that curiosity is always good. Right. Really yeah. It, because maybe previously there, there were less safeguards. So children's books were more interested in keeping people safe as opposed to, you know, encouraging intellectual stimulation or, or something like that. <laughs> what, uh, what do you, the other thing is like, so do you think that, do you think that it's just sort of lazily done? The other thing, like, as you said, the, the, the language is actually pretty lyrical. Like when it talks about them going to the wide, wide world. And then when the puppies come back, you know, they had that little rhyme where it's, what pell mell tumble bumble roly poly? Oh, I love it. like, it's actually it's like so fun to read. Yeah, it's really fun to read, and it like it it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to to sew up the plot a little bit more neatly neatly to have a little bit less inconsistency or to come down a little bit harder in, in terms of the moral. Like it, it just like it's you know what I'm saying. It, it's not really. Yeah, you know, this isn't. This isn't like Shakespearean or like, you know, some kind of, I don't know, convoluted, like Martin Scorsese like, <laughs> situation. Well, that's what's so maddening about this. Is, or is it? Like, I, well, and so, well, that's the thing. Is this just sort of like a clumsy piece of like fascist propaganda about the importance of obedience to authority, right? Or is it? Is it this like secretly really creative, subtly subversive take on the virtues of nonconformity, right? And so all these little, all these inconsistencies are designed to make you poke into all this and really question the sort of assumed uh, moral of the story. I would like to believe that. I kind of doubt it though. I, I don't know. I, I just, I really feel like if we talked to maybe uh, 14.9 million of, of, of the people that, that have purchased this book, they're going to say we're way overthinking the book. Little Puppy. It's just a book about kids love puppies. It's this, you know, it's got, it's, it's fun to read. Do you like, do you like the illustrations? I mean, I think these, one thing about the illustrator, I think the illustrator illustrate a lot of the uh, other golden books. So these seem very much of their era, maybe kind of deliberately. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're fine. And it's, my girls totally like it. I think, um, I'd say they, they like, they enjoy it an average amount compared to other, other books. Like they think it's kind of funny and they, and they, they probably they're, like they're, my, they're not thrown off by the plot. Can they, can they tell that you're kind of, well, yeah. When I give my wife the like WTF man at the end, when I finish <laughs> the book, I'm sure they get a kick of that out of that. But, um, I don't. I don't know. I don't think they pay attention that much to the. I, I'm pretty sure they have not inter, internalized the moral of this story because, because again, it's it's a pretty bad case for why you should be more prompt and follow the rules. Yeah. Because it seems pretty clear. Like the pokey little puppy has way more fun and gets way more desserts than everybody else. Is that like? But it it ends with a, like maybe. Are, are they are the kids doing that kind of math? Not necessarily your kids, but other kids who are reading this and, and really like mulling over the pokey little puppy are they doing I, the math and, and realizing the pokey little, or are they just at the end no end, but it's the math the is so obvious he, he gets two times as many it, good it, things it, as that like a recency bias like it ends with a pokey little puppy feeling sorry for himself and so you're left well, with but, maybe in in the future it, it, you can't see the, the 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 puppy's expression so maybe not only they've uh, maybe in the future this the, the he he was ahead, or maybe in the future there are no more excursions, and and the, the mom is wise to them, or so. But well, one, maybe. Again, there's also like 
as we've said, there's also a difference. But was there a transgression, like leave, going under the fence, or was it being a was it was it not getting back quick quickly enough? Because like, right? I mean, I think the the big transgression is the digging holes under the fence, right? right? Or if again, if you want to sort of apply probably too much complexity to the book, you, you could make the case that it's happening on two levels. There is the mom is mostly concerned with. Um, getting home on time and not disrupting the ground, but maybe there's like an owner who's writing the signs, who's just yeah. who who's also more concerned not with whether they get home or not, but just with the general sort of disruption of the yard. Right. But I don't know. I mean, that's this this sounds like this sounds this is set in the tones of someone who's thinking about writing some pokey little puppy fan fiction from the perspective of like the yard anti order. fan fiction <laughs> right. is this a thing i think we should I, i'm sure it is just <laughs> um yeah but i just i don't so why why are 15 million people buying this book well part of it is i think is that just nostalgia well no i think part of it is it was initially even in the first like by 1991 or something at the golden anniversary uh they estimated they had sold a billion and a half uh, golden little golden books, but what they did is they managed to make instead of books that were I don't know two three dollars, they made much sturdier books and sold them for about a quarter. So the the Pokey Little Puppy had an had a leg up just from a production standpoint. You know, from it, economically, it was it was positioned for success that they really figured that out. But it was one of twelve, and it was the most successful of the twelve. And the other twelve, I mean. There's some other famous Three Little Kittens and various fairy tales and there's like uh, a tugboat one. Yeah, that I remember like, a lot. yeah. And and so, for whatever reason, the, the the pokey little puppy managed to stand stand out from all the rest. So, so here's my best case for why it's so popular. It this book reminds me actually a lot of the Little Engine That Could. Um, it and in the sense that the it seems like the intended moral of the story is definitely not the moral that I take away from it. Right. Now, if you, what could be happening is maybe both books were written with a moral that was much more um, appealing to people in like, I don't know, the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties even. And so it got this burst of enthusiasm from that generation, but it's, it becomes more appealing now because it's got this, it's evolved this like, double layer of meaning where like in, in the, in the little engine that could an older generation might've read the importance of persistence into it. But for, for, at least for me, to me, the obvious message of that is empathy right. and compassion. Right. And so maybe in, in, with the pokey little puppy, it maybe kind of the unintended genius of it is that it can appeal to um, people who are seeking sort of like safety and, and the importance of obedience. But at the same time, you can read ingenuity, curiosity, free-spiritedness into the Pokey Little Puppy too. I mean, even even the last, it seems like that last page is deliberately ambiguous. Like there's a tension between the sign and then the the puppy. Like you, it would have been easy to to do that illustration and visibly show the Pokey Little Puppy like kind of upset and discouraged and, you know, resolved not to do that anymore. But it doesn't at all. Like that is totally open. Yeah. Right? Like it wasn't I, just because the illustrator could only draw like puppy butts or something. <laughs> didn't that, like, didn't... No, there's lots of puppy faces in this That's book. right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but but maybe that's the power of it is di- different generate. It's it's either artfully or not, 
there's enough um, ambiguity in the book that different generations can read their own sort of morals and project their own values onto it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and, and I will say that we, we talked about the illustrations, but it's also, even apart from the lyrical language, the, the sort of exploring that where the where they see the lizards and and mm. caterpillars and stuff like that that's very so there is I get it's the the world of Pokey Little Puppy is a really pleasant place it's this a lot of it's like a nature walk and you come back and there's dessert so <laughs> it's, and then there's there are stern warnings there are sort of adult figures but consequences aren't super severe like even when you get locked out you still can squeeze through you know so i don't know so maybe 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 that's part of it too is that it it is just straight up even if if it has an inconsistent plot it's it's an appealing environment like to to immerse yourself in for a little bit while we're on the topic of the visuals there's a a little detail that i've wondered about i wonder if you noticed this or thought much about it but especially in the first few pages you see the puppies like frolicking around um in these like sort of verdant green hills but if you look at the backgrounds the background hills are all yellow and the trees are mostly dead looking now is that now maybe that's just an artistic thing to kind of set set apart the foreground from the background but maybe I don't know. Like I read that first line, five little puppies dug a hole into the fence and went for a walk in the wide, wide world. Like that sounds great. That sounds like, yay, exploration, fun, adventure. Um, But maybe it's supposed to have a more like cautionary tone to it. Maybe they're actually beyond the fence is actually this sort of dystopian (laughs) post-apocalyptic. Exactly. And there's one green hill left that they're exploring on and the rest is a wasteland. It's not against the context of (laughs) World War II and, you know, (laughs) I don't know. The start of the Cold War, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. The so I don't know, is, but the, the fence, the fence is the Iron Curtain. I, I don't know. But like, <laughs> that's 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 that's, that's an anachronism. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I had I had not noticed that. Um, I I feel like that might just be an aesthetic choice. But like with so many of the things, I really I really wish we could do a, a sit down with the author, and and even if it's just for. I've heard to say this is uh, why are you making such a big deal about this? Is this a book about kind of like a adorably, like an adorably tardy puppy? <laughs> so. And maybe it's the case that back in the day, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that means, but in previous generations, maybe parents were much more interested in books that had morals. Like maybe that was more of a a thing that you wanted out of children's books, and so maybe authors were more inclined to just, maybe it was more of like an editorial choice. Like they had some idea for a story and then you had to kind of stick a moral onto it because yeah, at the it, time that's like, what people wanted. And maybe it didn't have to be airtight because people were, there weren't podcasts <laughs> analyzing the morals. Of, so there wasn't, it's like, yeah, don't be late. Everybody knows that's a good thing. Don't be disobedient to your mother. Like they, they're not expecting like pushback and for people to say, is this secretly subversive or is this, is this actually giving license to the puppies? It's like, no, it's like, it's like, it's about a, it's about a pokey little puppy that in the end doesn't have strawberry shortcake. That's the moral. Why are you like, they're not expecting well, a lot <laughs> too and much I, over analysis. I think the reason is because it's, it does seem awfully close to feeling like maybe some of this was intentional. Like there, yeah. there's so many interesting ambiguities and tensions in here. It's definitely possible that we're, we're projecting and, and reading too much into this, but more than almost any other like infuriating children's book, it it does seem like maybe there's maybe it's infer- maybe that's intentional and that there is a kind of a second layer going on. Yeah, probably not, but it's fun to even, think about. Or even subconsciously, I don't know that that's the, the, the author. 
the author sort of wrote that in and then sort of maybe ah interesting uh, I don't know you, that that's more your department than mine so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know pokey little puppy it is anyway it's 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 done well it's it's my kids like it it's, I think it's, it's in our house to stay so <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.